Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to go against the spread on this week's College of Pro football cards as we get closer and closer to Thanksgiving week. And with that, let's talk of the college football playoffs in the air, and the second half of the NFL football season is well underway. With that, I want to welcome our co-host Victor King in from King Creole Sports. Victor, I hope you had a good week last week. I know the totals tip sheet did. And I want to get your takes and observations on what you saw in college football last week to start the show. Absolutely. Uh, our boy Tuco, uh, his team totals stay hot. He's now at 80% this year, uh, a winner last week. In fact, Tuco has finally found his favorite whipping boy, and that's bet under the total in every Cincinnati Bengal game. <laughs> They're not going to score 18 points. They didn't last week. A nice 3 and one week for the totals tip sheet. And, you know, we love doing the show on Wednesday mornings because we got a ready-made topic in hand, and that is the fact that the college football playoff ratings come out every Tuesday night. Uh, no surprise with LSU and Ohio State flip-flopping in order. LSU, of course, off the big win, and a big win for you on your service over Alabama. Ohio State basically had a bye week last week. Oh, wait a minute. They played Maryland. That's right. Yes, but they, they did. <laughs> it's, it's just about a bye week like they have this week. 51-point road favorite against Rutgers, according to our database, that's the highest point spread for a road favorite going all the way back to 1987 when Oklahoma was a 55-point favorite and a 57-point favorite against Kansas and Kansas State, respectively. Either way, that's a lot of points this week in college football for Ohio State. Uh, Alabama, of course, falls to number five, but uh, they could very well be the best one-loss team if they win out once we get to the end of the season. I agree with Victor with what you say, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think the Georgia is clearly open for Alabama. If you think this through, if uh, Georgia plays LSU and LSU beats them in the SEC championship game, Alabama sits number five in the playoff rankings. What would they do? They would inch up to number four and thus mm-hmm. make the playoffs again. And personally, I think it's totally undeserving. I think it's a name and reputation yep. type thing. But, you know, we'll save that for later on down the road with Alabama, uh, especially given their strength of schedule and the fact that they only beat one FBS ranked team, winning ranked team this football season here. But nonetheless, it is what it is. And the one thing I took away from those college football rankings on the on week number two of the ratings is that nobody in the top 25 retained their same position. Everybody was different this week. It was uh, unbelievable. Two teams dropped out. SMU fell from uh, number 25 out of the rankings. Wake Forest fell from number 19 out of the rankings. And the new guys in the block would be 25 Appalachian State and number 19, the Texas Longhorns. One other thing that I learned, Victor, last week in college football, and it wasn't so much last week as it was Tuesday night of this week, when the Akron Zips now became the perfect 10 in college football. When I say that, the perfect 10, I mean they've gone to bat 10 times this year. They struck out 10 times straight up against the spread and in the stats. I've never seen a team do that where they're completely swimming in red ink. The Akron Zips 
we'll keep an eye on them to see whether or not they can go 0 for 12 and end up completing a perfect storm of football season for the Akron Zips. Obviously, not a lot going on with the Akron program. That's all good these days. We're visiting with Victor King from King Creole Sports. Victor, let's take it over to the NFL side of things this week. And, you know, one thing that right off the top of my head, what it is that I learned, and I'm going to ask you about some updates of uh, records because I know the dogs are barking in the NFL this football season. But one thing before I hand it off to you, one thing that I learned last week is that Jadavian Clowney is an absolute monster. I mean, my goodness, what he means to that Seattle Seahawks defense. He was all over uh all over the back in the backfield last Monday night in that football game, just a dominant performer. And I can understand why he was indeed the number one pick of the whole draft, because when this man is healthy, he is a force to be reckoned with. And I think that'll only help Seattle down the road come playoff time. And with that, Victor, I hand it off to you, but I know we talked earlier before the show about an update on how underdogs are faring in the NFL this year. Yeah, they're calling Sunday the day of the dogs, uh, you know, with the shortened week because six teams were on by. There was only, what, 13 games last week in the NFL. The dogs went 9-3-1 against the spread. Even more impressive, if you're a dog player, is the fact that seven of those nine dogs won their game outright. And if if you're one of these new betters these days that likes to parlay money line underdogs, you could have very well had a killer day on Sunday with seven of them winning outright. Unbelievable. I mean, there's a lot to be said about that. I'm not a big parlay advocate, teasers as well, but the bottom line here is if you're looking at money line parlays in the National Football League where you want to throw a couple of bucks on, I had a friend that put $20 on a 16 money line parlay in the NFL. He won five of them, and then he cashed all six. He would have won. There were eleven or twelve thousand dollars. It was, you know, just unbelievable. It would have been an admission ticket to a movie theater. But he got a good run for his money. Unfortunately, he ended up having to pay admission price. But bottom line, there is something to be said about that when it comes to wagering on money line teams in the National Football League. One other quick thought that I have, Victor, here is if the NFL playoffs were to begin this weekend. The top six teams that would be in the playoffs would be New England and San Francisco, the number one seeds. The number two seeds, Baltimore and the Green Bay Packers. Number three, the Houston Texans and the New Orleans Saints, who fell from the number one slot with that loss last week. Number four, Kansas City and the Dallas Cowboys. Number five, it's Buffalo and Seattle. And number six, Pittsburgh and Minnesota, with Oakland and the Rams and Indianapolis and Philadelphia just on the outside looking in. So keep that thought in mind when it comes to approaching the NFL football card this week. And with that, Victor, I know as we get to our rant this week, uh, I know you've got something you want to get off your chest, so I'm going to let you have the rant of the week this week. Jeff, if you would, hand it off to Victor. And now, this week's rant from Mark and Victor. There you go, Victor. You've got the stage. My rant does have to do with college football, and I'm sticking a finger specifically at the Alabama Crimson Tide and Nick Saban, uh, not to mention the Clemson Tigers and Dabo Sweeney, two coaches who, of course, been with their respective teams going on uh, over 10 years now. This always jumps out at me because I update the databases on a weekly basis. And once we get into the month of November here, I see a lot of teams in the SEC conference and also these days a lot of teams in the ACC conference, Mark, that schedule this cupcake game in the last month of the season, a unlined home game 
it's basically a week of rest. It's basically a bye for Alabama. It's going to be Western Carolina they're hosting next <laughs> week, an FCS school. For Clemson, it was a game earlier this month against Wofford. And I, to me, this strikes as a unfair scheduling and strategic advantage for these teams and for these uh, teams in these two conferences, the SEC conference and the ACC conference. It's unfair to have this type of game this late in the season. Do you see the Big Ten scheduling games like this? Not very often. Pac-12? No. Big 12? No. So for who says the SEC and the ACC get to schedule this type of easy game this late in the season? Uh, think of the advantage in this particular game. You get to rest some of your starters. You get to rest some of your injured players. You can start game planning in advance for a potential uh, uh, conference championship game. You get to game plan advance for your potential bowl game, all the while beating up on the Western Carolinas and the Woffords of the world. I don't see where it's fair. It's been going on a long, long time. And I know in college football, schedules are done three, four, even five years in advance. But these guys have input into their schedules, both Sweeney and Saban. And it's an unfair advantage that, that really gets my blood boiling. I mean, take a look at Alabama's schedule this year, folks. No, they don't have a signature win. Do you know who they're – give the Big 12, the Big 10 – uh, the, even the Pac-12 credit for scheduling difficult, tough, but exciting non-conference games in the first month of the season. Who was Alabama's big non-conference opponent in their first month of the season? The Duke Blue Devils. They also had the audacity to schedule New Mexico State. They had the audacity to schedule Southern Mississippi and Western Carolina as well. And not only that, Mark, but how the hell did Alabama only get three true road games this season and seven home games? Something smelly, well, something's fishy, and I don't like it. Well, I don't like it at all either, Victor, and I concur 100% with your assessment here. I've been a kind of an anti-SEC uh, vocalist just for that main reason alone, just the fact that they play absolutely nobody, the sisters of the poor, when it comes to scheduling non-conference games. Alabama's non-conference games this year, New Mexico State and Western Carolina, they ought to be flat out red-faced, embarrassed for doing something like that. And as you said, even worse, scheduling them down deep late in the month of November when all they do is get a win, which keeps them uh, sustained in the college football playoff rankings. There ought to be an SEC investigation. And we'd like to see it on the SEC television network as well if they have the balls to do that. I don't think it would ever happen. But the truth of the matter is something needs to be done and needs to be done quickly. And if I'm any of the other Power Five conference commissioners, I got to be leading the bandwagon for a charge to yep. reveal just exactly what's going on. It's an atrocity, and it shouldn't be happening in the SEC. No question about that. That was a good take, Victor, on Alabama, and I'm 100% behind you on your take in that situation. Hey, don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to tear down our college football game of the week, and we've got a beauty inside. What else? The Southeast Conference and a big showdown between Auburn and Georgia. We'll tackle that and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. It's time to experience the all-new Playbook Experts VIP Experience. 
only the Playbook Experts VIP Experience offers. We pay the juice. Conflict game notices. Tokens bonuses. SMS alerts. And genius game alerts. It's the only customer experience of its kind. To find out more about becoming a Playbook Experts VIP, log on today at playbook.com or call toll-free for more information at 1-800-PLAYBOOK. Become a VIP this football season with your Playbook Experts VIP membership. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to go against the spread in this week's college and pro football cards. And it's time for our college football game of the week. And we've got a beauty on tap in the Southeast Conference when the Georgia Bulldogs take on the Auburn Tigers in a game that'll have a lot of playoff implications. Victor, your take on the Dogs and the Tigers. Well, Georgia, right around a field goal favorite on the road. Uh, There's some two and a halfs out there as well. Of course, the over-under line is what's really jumping out at me. It opened at 45, and as we record the podcast here on Wednesday morning, it has fallen all the way down to 40-and-a-half. That's a four-and-a-half point decline. The early money is about 65% on the under in this game. I don't blame the early action, but, man, talking about setting the bar low when it comes to the over-under line, Auburn comes in four-and-five over-under on the season. Average line, 52.4. Average score, 50.1. Georgia, killer defense, 2-7 and over-under. That's two over seven unders already on the season. And by good margins, too. Their average margin has gone uh, under by 9.5 points per game. It's probably what you get when you get uh, eh, semi-good offenses, but outstanding defenses. For Auburn, number 28 statistically, number 13 scoring defense, allowing only 17.4 points per game. And, of course, Georgia, even better. Number five statistical defense, number two scoring defense. The Bulldogs are allowing only 10.1 points per game. And it's also been a pretty low-scoring series as well. Five out of the last six meetings have gone under between these two teams. The average line, 53.9. Average score, 37.1. The average game has gone under by more than 16 points per game. And I mentioned the line average, 53.9. This week, 40.5. It's easily the lowest scoring, excuse me, the lowest over-under line in the history of this series all-time at 40.5. You know what helps me with my college football over-unders is comparing them to the NFL. Uh, Know this, the average over-under line or the median over-under line in college football is right around 59 to 59 and a half points. In the NFL, the average over-under line is about uh, 46 to 46 and a half points. So I kind of use that as a gauge to compare lines. And when you've got a college over-under line of 40 and a half, the NFL equivalent would would be about 33 to 34 points and that's an extremely low over-under line. It was a lot more common in the 80s and 90s than it is these days. But for me, Mark, you got two great run-stopping defenses. This could very well come down to a uh, Bo Nix versus Jake Fromm quarterback battle. Both teams have kind of semi-favorable matchups. I know it was a difficult week for Jake Fromm last week when he took on Missouri And he had a rough week passing for only 173 yards. But you can explain that with the fact that, you know, Missouri's got the best passing defense in the entire SEC conference. 
while Auburn comes in ninth in the conference against the pass. Uh, it could be a little bit easier this week for Jake Fromm to put some points on the board. And, of course, Bo Nix, man, he went off last week. The freshman quarterback set a career high with 340 passing yards uh, and a rushing touchdown in that win against Old Miss. I think that's going to be the difference in this particular game. As you know, we're all about value. And if this one was hovering in the original line of 45, we probably would have passed. But at 40 and a half, the bar is set so low, all it would take is possibly one defensive score or some freak points for this game to go over the total. I like the value, and we're going over when Auburn plays Georgia. Victor King, a value shopper, goes over the total in the Georgia-Auburn game. The big showdown Southeast Conference game going over the 40.5 points with value galore as far as the over-under number is concerned. Coming into this contest here, this is a matchup of the number four ranked team in the college football playoff polls, the Georgia Bulldogs, coming in here 6-1 and one straight up and against the spread in the series. They've rather dominated Auburn of late. They've not allowed more than 17 points, Georgia hasn't in regulation this football season here. So their defense is really pretty strong under the radar type defense for the Georgia Bulldogs, who, by the way, were banged up with a lot of injuries in their game against Missouri last week. You want to check the injury status list for the Georgia Bulldogs because they were the walking wounded after that football game last week. Auburn will have a lot to say about the college football playoffs this year because they're going to conclude the season with Georgia and Alabama and they have the ability to take both of these football teams out straight up on the football fields do the Auburn Tigers. They beat Auburn, or Oregon, I should say, earlier in the year. They lost by three points at LSU and lost by 11 points at Florida. This is a football team, maybe the best two-loss football team in college football this season coming into this football game. Their head coach, Gus Malzahn, has been outstanding in his career when playing with rest in conference games, where he's 10-0 straight up and 8-1-1 against the spread. Malzahn also with rest against unrested opponents, as is the case in this matchup. He's 8-0 straight up and 6-1-1 to the number. Bottom line to me, again, I'm going to rely on Gus Malzahn and his tendencies here. He is 27-2 straight up at home in his career when his teams have a 700 or better win percentage, including 4-0 both straight up and against the number as a dog in this role. I'll take the points with the Auburn Tigers for my side in this football game on Saturday. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to tear down our NFL Game of the Week. We've got a Super Bowl rematch between the Patriots and Eagles when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. All new Playbooks tokens are here. Only at Playbook.com can you earn rewards and get up to $100 in free Playbooks tokens to use as you choose. And with your Playbooks tokens, you can use them for Playbook experts' picks and selections. Plus, you earn 20% in free bonus tokens when you do. If you haven't got your $100 in free Playbooks tokens, do so now. Simply visit Playbook.com and click on the Tokens link. It's that easy. That's the all-new Playbooks tokens waiting for you at Playbook.com. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on the college and pro football cards this week. It's time for our NFL Game of the Week, and what a game we've got. A rematch of Super Bowl 52 when the New England Patriots take on the Philadelphia Eagles in the city of brotherly love. Victor, how do you see this rematch taking place on Sunday? Boy, I'm thrilled that you actually chose this game for our NFL Game of the Week segment 
Uh, I already did a big write-up for it, the totals tip sheet. It's going to be a three-star play or higher on our King Creole service on Sunday as well. And, folks, we're going under the total in this game between the Patriots and the Eagles. Love the under the game, and so does the early action. It opened at 46. It's down to 44.5 again as we record the podcast. And you're going to want to get in with us as soon as possible. I really don't see any way that this over-under line will go up any higher. So grab that 44.5 while you can. I know it's uh, a three out of the three last three meetings of this series went over the total. But this is a non-conference game. They only play each other every four years. It basically means nothing. But this is a pissed-off Patriots team. They're returning from their bye week. They're a little hot under the collar. And, yeah, uh, our service, we were on the Patriots-Ravens over the total two weeks ago in that Sunday night game that ended up winning by, like, what, two touchdowns. But, again, I've got no problem switching gears and, once again, going low with my current favorite under team of the last two seasons. And uh, we'll start with a a signature trend. You always want to go under the total when the Patriots are playing off a rare loss. They've gone one and 11 over under since 2015 when coming in off a loss, including a perfect 0 and 7 to the under in the last three years. Patriot unders off a loss. Lock it in. You know, these are two pretty slow offenses, relatively speaking. We got New England and Philadelphia are both tied for number 24 in the league in offensive yards per play at only 5.4. We already know that Philadelphia can't throw the deep ball. Their number one deep guy is gone for the season, Deshaun Jackson. So you saw some elements already for Philadelphia in that game against the Chicago Bears. To compete, they're going to be a great running team, and they're going to uh, follow New England's lead of uh, eating up a lot of clock on offense and keeping the opponent off the field. Uh, we got the fact that in our database, the, with New England losing as a road favorite before the bye, NFL road favorites of a field goal or more after their bye week off a straight-up road favorite loss, like New England, have gone 2-15 and 15 over under since 1995. Uh, the Eagles, of course, also returning from their bye week, but off a completely opposite outcome than their counterparts, a low-scoring home win over the Bears two weeks ago. Since 2011, NFL home teams after their bye week off a straight-up and ATS home favorite win, have gone a perfect 0-7 over-under. And basically sealing the deal for me is a look at our database uh, in non-conference games, that's AFC versus NFC, when the road team is in the chalky role, as in the favorite, like doing them as in this game. 2-19 over-under since 2014. AFC road favorites of a field goal or more versus any NFC opponent. When the over-under line falls in that range of greater than 41 and less than 52 points. And again, as I mentioned, uh, this is another one to play as early as you can as it's dropped already from 46 to 44 and a half. It'll be a play on our service as well. Patriots-Eagles under the total. Victor goes under the total with that great New England stat in games off a loss in the showdown game between the Patriots and the Eagles on Sunday. And as we mentioned, this is indeed a Super Bowl rematch from two years ago when the Eagles emerged victorious with 
Nick Foles is their quarterback this year, a different quarterback in Carson Wentz coming into the football game. New England has dominated the NFC here of late in the last 15 games. They've won 12 times straight up and against the spread, including six consecutive ways running coming into this football game. I look at their schedule here, though, this year, and what jumps out to me is the fact that six of their wins this year, six of their eight wins this year, have come against teams that have a combined win-loss record of 10-36 and 36 on the season. That almost always ends up biting a team, and it usually does against winning teams, especially rested winning teams. You've got the Bill Belichick factor here in this game, and I'm going to run these numbers by you here real quick because these are interesting. I put them in my database, and people will say to me, why on earth would you take a look at the Philadelphia Eagles when New England's coming off a loss and they've got revenge? My goodness. Well, here's Bill Belichick in his career with the Patriots in games off a loss. He's 58-20 and 20 straight up, 50-27-1 to the spread. Great number. When he's playing with revenge, he's 72-27 and 27 straight up, 62-34-3 against the spread. Another rock-solid number. And when Bill Belichick is playing with rest with the New England Patriots, he's 34-10 and 10 straight up, 24-18-2 to the spread, an okay number. That's all good stuff for Bill Belichick in these particular roles. But in a combination of these roles, when he's combining coming off a loss and playing with revenge, Bill Belichick is only 7-5 straight up and 5-5-2 against the spread. And when Belichick is combined playing off a loss with rest, he's 6-3 straight up and only 4-5 against the spread. So somewhere along the way, whenever you add a little bit of extra additive to the ingredient, it doesn't work out for Bill Belichick in games past for the New England Patriots. Philadelphia comes into this football game tied with Dallas now for the NFC East division lead with Dallas falling down uh, in their most recent football game Sunday night against Minnesota. The Eagles 6-1 and one to the spread as home dogs with a 500 or better record when taking on an opponent coming off a loss. And Philadelphia also a great 14-1 and one straight up with rest when playing non-division games, including 5-0 and as a dog taking points in that role. Bottom line to me, this is a bubble burst for New England coming off their first loss of the season. We outline this in this week's Playbook Football Newsletter. NFL football teams that start the season undefeated the first half of the season then take that first loss. They're only 11-8 and straight up and 7-12 and against the spread in this bubble burst role including 1-7 and seven to the number if they were favored by four or fewer points in the loss. I'll take the points with the Philadelphia Eagles in a game I see coming right down to the wire for my side in this football game. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas now for one of our favorite segments as we join our good friend Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And Andy, if your weather in Las Vegas is anywhere close to what it is down here in South Florida, I think you're enjoying the sunny, warm weather times this time of the year. Mark, indeed we are, as it's uh, uh, back to the normal type of weather. I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago I felt like saying Merry Christmas to everybody because it was mid-October and we were having late December weather. But temperatures have been back up in the 70s, 80s. Everyone's in a, a good attitude, a good frame of mind. It's a shame that with all the sports going on, including the start of the college basketball season, that it prevents us from spending more time outdoors and enjoying the weather. But that's what makes this type of uh, this time of year uh, so exciting, so enjoyable. But as well challenging, and yet at the same time, challenging on both sides of the counter. And with that, let's take advantage right now of having Andy Isco on the show with us as we get an update on the major contest in Las Vegas. And Andy, I see where Tuco is back in the number one slot in the Westgate Superbook contest last week as the leader went 0-5. If you could update us on what's happening in Vegas with the major contest as we head into this week. 
Sure, Mark. Well, not only is uh, Tuco back in the lead, but the winning percentage of the leaders continue to uh, plummet. In fact, uh, Tuco now 35-14-1, and and with one point for a cover and a half point for a push, that's 35.5 out of a possible 50 points. So his winning percentage to lead the Super Contest Classic, uh, that's the big contest, uh, 71.0%. He's got a a half-point lead, excuse me, a one-point lead over one contestant in second. Uh, Three contestants are a point and a half out, three more are two points out, and if you go all the way down to the contestants that were are within uh, five points of the lead, that would be 30 and a half points. The contest pays the top 100 places and ties, and right now there are 112 contestants at 30 and a half or more, which translates to 61.0%, which is what it's taking right now, 10 weeks into the season, uh, to be in position to cash a check in the uh, Super Contest Classic. Uh, the consensus last week, one, three, and one, as far as uh, the overall consensus top five choices. The lone winner, actually, we had to wait till Monday night. Seattle was the lone top five consensus winner. The uh, losers were the Chiefs, the Rams, and the Cowboys. All three were favorites. And the second underdog to be uh, one of the top five choices was the push, the three-point spread. And that's where the game fell between Buffalo, which was the uh, fifth most popular choice in their loss at Cleveland by exactly three points. So for the season, I show a record for the consensus of 22, 26, and 2. That works out to 45% out of the uh, uh, 50 picks that have been uh, made, the possible uh, number of points. Favorites continue to struggle when they are the preferred side in games. 33 winners, 50 losers, and two pushes. Uh, The underdogs... Uh, struggling to uh, maintain their mark around 500 in the big contest. 28 up, 29 down, and two pushes. Uh, a couple of pickems that both went uh, uh, that were both lost. Uh, so for the season in the classic, 61 point spread winners, 81 point spread losers, and four games resulted in a push. And there were two games in which the two sides in the game were evenly split. Let's contrast that with the super contest gold. That's the winner take all. One winner will collect. One hundred, excuse me, five hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars, I believe. One hundred and seventeen contestants paying the five thousand dollar entry fee. The leader in that contest, well, percentage is below that of the leader in the Super Contest Classic. One leader, thirty-two up, seventeen down, one push. That relates to, uh, translates to sixty-five point zero percent. There are twenty-two contestants within five points of the lead in the Super Contest uh, Gold, and that. Five, that uh, five points in the lead would be 27.5 points, which equates to 55%. The consensus last week, a little better uh, than in the Super Contest Classic, 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. Uh, The two winners were, again, the Monday night uh, game with Seattle. Uh, that was the lone underdog pick amongst the consensus. Uh, that was actually the number five consensus pick overall. That was a winner. Uh, the other winner uh, was the Chicago Bears laying the 2.5 to Detroit. And, of course, that was before the line moved up when it was known that Matthew Stafford was going to be out, uh, although I believe that information did not come out until early uh, or, or later on Saturday night, by which time the uh, deadline for entering the contest uh, the contest uh, had passed. So I think most people were just willing to lay the two and a half, expecting Stafford uh, to play. The two losers amongst the top five consensus, uh, the Rams uh, failing to cover in their loss at Pittsburgh, and the Kansas City Chiefs uh, failing to cover at the generous line of minus three and a half. Uh, once it was confirmed, 
confirmed that uh, Patrick Mahomes was going to start for uh, Kansas City. That line on the betting boards went up to six, but that was in midweek. The one push uh, happened to be on the other side of the game that uh, the Super Contest Gold uh, Classic contestants, excuse me, took in the uh, Super Contest Gold. Cleveland Browns laying the three against Buffalo was the game that pushed. So for the week, two, two, and one in the top five consensus overall, twenty-five. 26 and 3. Now, there are more than 50 consensus plays because of the limited number of contestants. There have been a number of situations in which there was a tie amongst two or three teams for the fifth most popular choice, so I've included those in the consensus as well. 25, 26, and 3. Favorites, 29, 32, and 2. As far as when that was the preferred side, the favorite team in the game. The underdogs performing much better than in the uh, regular uh, Super Contest uh, Classic. 42 up, 34 down, and 2 pushes. Uh, when you consider the Pick'em games and the even uh, games in which there were even splits, 71 correct, 68 incorrect, and 4 ended up in pushes. Finally, as far as the major NFL contest, the Circa Contest, one leader is at 36 and a half of 50 possible points. That's a winning percentage of 73.0, so that's doing better than either of the two Super Contest uh, Classics, uh, Super, super Contest. Superbook contests. Uh, four contestants are two points back, another uh, three points back, and seven are tied at uh, two and a half points, uh, excuse me, three and a half points behind the leader. Uh, and those are the, uh, this contest pays the top 10 places. Consensus, another tough week, one, three, and one. The lone winner, once again, the Monday night game with Seattle. Uh, the losing picks were the uh, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. The uh, Carolina Panthers against Green Bay and the, the Rams uh, against the Steelers. And again, the, uh, the uh, Cleveland-Buffalo game ended up in a push. In this case, the consensus players were on the uh, Buffalo side plus the points. So 21-26-3 uh, and three for the season. Favorites again, uh, mirroring the other contest, not doing well, 35 44 and 1. Yet the underdogs have been doing very nicely 36, 28, and 2. Finally, the uh, combination or the hybrid contest, the Golden Nugget contest, that A involves seven picks per week, but also B involves both college and pro football, sides only, no totals. One leader in that contest is hitting at 67.1%. That's 47 out of a possible uh, 70 points. Uh, he has a, a half point lead over two contestants. Another contestant is a point back. And uh, we have, uh, oh, it looks uh, almost about uh, 18, 20 people within five uh, points of the lead. So that's the wrap-up of the major uh, handicapping contests here in Las Vegas. That was Andy Isco with an update on all the major contests in Las Vegas. And once again, Andy, share with our listeners the major line moves that have occurred in Las Vegas on the NFL side of things on this week's card. Yeah, it's interesting, Mark, because most of the line moves involve some of the later games of the day. However, it is worth noting one game in which we didn't see much, if any, of a line move, and that's the Thursday night game this week between Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Uh, last week, the advanced line had the Cleveland Browns, much like they were this past week against Buffalo, three-point home favorites. Well, Cleveland ended up pushing that game. Pittsburgh, of course, pulled off their uh, minor upset as a home underdog against the Rams, and yet when the line was reposted, instead of Cleveland being favored by three, they were actually 
actually favored slightly less, two and a half, but it immediately went right back up to the line from last week of a three-point home favorite of the Cleveland Browns. Atlanta at Carolina. That line had Carolina a seven-point home favorite against the Falcons. Of course, this past weekend, Carolina lost very competitively uh, at Green Bay. Meanwhile, Atlanta pulled that shocking upset at New Orleans. So when this line was reposted, Carolina was adjusted downward by a point to be favored by six. That line has gone down a bit further to five and a half. Buffalo at Miami, another interesting game involving some line moves from last week when Buffalo was a seven and a half point road favorite at Miami. Buffalo, of course, had that three point loss uh, at Cleveland that we talked about in the contest review, basically ending up in a push. So the lines makers correct on that one. Miami, of course, a double digit 10 point underdog, 10 to 11 point underdog, pulls off the stunning upset at Indianapolis. So the line, and that was their fifth straight cover, by the way, for the Dolphins. And that was reflected in the adjusted line. And then further in some of the line moves. Instead of seven and a half, Buffalo was opening as a six and a half point favorite. They were bet shortly down to five and a half. The line has come back up a little bit, settling in at Buffalo minus six as the uh, odds makers and the uh, betting public early on starting to say, you know, this is not the same Miami team we saw the first two weeks of the season. They've been much more competitive, a couple of wins along the way as well. Houston at Baltimore. Baltimore, of course, showing no effects of a letdown following their win over New England the previous Sunday night. They thrashed Cincinnati. I think they scored five times in their first six possessions, all touchdowns. The sixth possession was the one that ended just before halftime. They were a five-point favorite uh, when the lines went up a week ago uh, at home against the Houston Texans. Uh, Houston was on their bye. Only a slight adjustment to Baltimore's uh, reaction to their win over New England with their crushing of Cincinnati. They were reinstalled as a four-and-a-half-point home favorite, and the betting action has moved that line down to Baltimore only four. So uh, respect being given to the Houston Texans, who uh, did nothing to help or hurt their cause uh, with their bye last week. Uh, a quick rematch in the NFL in the next game, Arizona at San Francisco. Arizona, very competitive a couple of Thursday nights ago when they uh, fell behind uh, at home to San Francisco, rallied to end up losing the game by three. The advanced line for this game had San Francisco at home against Arizona following Monday night's game against Seattle as 14-point home favorites. And even before uh, the teams took the field this past weekend, that line had been bet down half a point to 13 and a half. But when it was reposted Sunday afternoon after uh, Arizona uh, had their uh, nice effort, although it came up a bit short at Tampa Bay, the line was adjusted a point and a half to San Francisco as a 12-point home favorite. Then the game uh, came off and uh, they lost to uh, Seattle on Monday night. Uh, back up at 12, uh, it uh, went down to an 11-point home favor for San Francisco as they face Arizona for the second time in uh, about uh, actually about 12, 13 days. New England at Philadelphia, both of these teams had buys last week. The Patriots had been put up as three-point favorites, but before uh, this weekend, they were actually bet up to three and a half, and that's where the line is when it uh, uh, came back up on Sunday afternoon. Neither team, of course, in action. Another interesting move, Cincinnati at Oakland. The Oakland Raiders winning last Thursday night uh, at home against uh, uh, the Chargers. Uh, Oakland had been an eight-point favorite. They've been bet up to eight and a half. Cincinnati, of course, losing badly uh, at home to Baltimore. When that line went up, Oakland was installed as a 10.5 point home favorite, so a two-point move based largely on Cincinnati's uh, loss earlier Sunday afternoon. That's been bet down a half point to 10. The Sunday evening game, Chicago at the Rams. Rams had been 7.5 point home favorites before the game took 
got taken down on Sunday. Chicago had a rather methodical win uh, at home against Detroit. The Rams, of course, favored by a little bit more than a field goal, lost outright at Pittsburgh. So when the line came back up, there was a point adjustment over that key number of seven with the Rams opening six and a half point favorites over the Bears. It did get bet up briefly to seven, and it's battled back and forth between six and a half and seven in the ensuing time period. Finally, worth mentioning the Monday night game because that will be in Mexico City if we don't have a repeat of the field conditions that caused last year's game to be uh, moved. Uh, Kansas City will be facing the uh, L.A. Chargers. This will be a home game or listed as a home game for the Chargers. It has important implications in the AFC West because Kansas City with their loss and the Chargers being a second-half team under two years under Coach Anthony Lynn. These teams will meet in Kansas City in Week 17, and there might be some playoff positioning on the line. Nonetheless, Kansas City was a three-point uh, neutral site favorite before the action of last week that saw Kansas City lose uh, the game late in their contest at Tennessee. The Chargers lost by uh, a couple of points on a missed uh, a field goal opportunity against the Raiders on Thursday night. Yet the adjustment was made uh, for Kansas City, a point and a half, four and a half points. Kansas City favored at Mexico City. That line had been bet down uh, in Sunday night, Monday action to three and a half. It's now settled back in with Kansas City, a four-point uh, neutral site favorite Monday night. And now, Mark, looking ahead to the Week 12 lines for uh, the NFL. These lines came out this past Tuesday. The Thursday night game, an AFC South matchup. Indianapolis will be at Houston. Houston, a five-and-a-half-point home favorite. Sunday, November 24th, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, uh, the Cleveland Browns, nine-point home favorites against the Miami Dolphins. Wouldn't be surprised if that number comes down a little bit uh, if Miami, if it hasn't already, if Miami is competitive against Buffalo at home this Sunday. Uh, speaking of Buffalo, they will host the Denver Broncos. They are five-and-a-half-point home favorites. Pittsburgh, a seven-point road favorite at Cincinnati. The Chicago Bears hosting the New York Giants. Giants will be coming off their bye. Bears favored by seven. Oakland will be at the New York Jets, and it's hard to think that if Oakland wins this week against Cincinnati and then next week at uh, at the Jets, they could be seven and four heading into the game the following week against Kansas or at Kansas City. Nonetheless, Oakland a three-point road favorite at the Jets. New Orleans will host Carolina in an NFC South matchup. The Saints favored at home by seven. Tampa Bay at Atlanta. The Falcons off their second win of the season, snapping that lengthy losing streak. They are a three-point home favorite against the division rival Buccaneers. Detroit will be at Washington. No line posted due to the uncertain status of Detroit quarterback Matthew Stafford. AFC divisional matchup. Tennessee will be hosting Jacksonville. Tennessee, a shade under a field goal. They are two-and-a-half-point home favorites over the Jaguars. An attractive matchup. Dallas will be at New England to face the Patriots. Patriots, seven-point home favorites in that one. Another attractive matchup, Green Bay at San Francisco. The 49ers at home favored by three-and-a-half over the Packers. And the Sunday night contest, another attractive matchup, Seattle at Philadelphia. The Eagles, three-point home favorites. Finally, Monday night, November 25th, Baltimore will be at the L.A. Rams, a pair of playoff teams from last year seeking to return to the playoffs this year. And perhaps maybe a bit surprisingly, but depending upon your opinion of Baltimore, possibly not, this game has opened a pick em. And that's the uh, advanced lines that came out on Tuesday, uh, November 12th, for the games beginning Thursday, November 21st. And before we let Andy go on the show this week, I know our listeners would love to know what Andy's got for his complimentary play on the football card this week. Andy, who are you looking at for your comp play in the NFL on Sunday? 
Well, it's a very attractive schedule this week in the NFL because the games now become much more meaningful as we go down the stretch run. Uh, we're about to enter uh, the Thanksgiving period and uh, playoff teams will be your team will be eliminated or advanced uh, almost on a weekly basis going forward. I'm going to look at the matchup uh, I mentioned in the line move segment between the Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Baltimore, if there were any thoughts of a letdown following that win against New England, as I indicated earlier, uh, those doubts were erased early and often as they took care of business early in Cincinnati, winning 49-13 to in a game that they dominated even more than that. Meanwhile, Houston was on their bye. Maybe a little bit surprising, as I mentioned, Baltimore had been a five-point favorite before this weekend in this game, and yet after they followed up that impressive effort against the Patriots, they actually were posted four-and-a-half and bet down to four. And I liked the Houston Texans even before that action took place. It's very difficult in the NFL for a team to sustain the kind of performance we've seen out of Baltimore. At the same time, the Ravens have covered, uh, have won five straight games, covered the uh, last four, as I recall. And uh, you would think that given how, how, given the impression that the Ravens left with the public following their win over New England, and then followed that up with an exclamation point against Cincinnati, that the linesmakers might have made an adjustment anticipating public action on the Baltimore Ravens. And we may see that action. So even though I'll be going with the Houston Texans and getting what is currently a bad number for purposes of this segment at plus four, wouldn't be surprised if this line goes up a little bit because I think what we saw, the early action coming in from the sharp action, the professionals taking the early number, waiting to see what happens as far as it going back up and then coming back in with their bigger plays at maybe plus five and a half or plus six. But I'll use the Houston Texans at plus the at the current number of plus four over the Baltimore Ravens as the complimentary play for this week. Andy, best of luck to you. Hope you have a good week and the ball bounces your way. We'll look forward to visiting with you next week here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. Thanks so much, Mark. Best of luck to you, Victor, and all of the listeners, and we'll chat again next week. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I will put the final wraps on the show. I'll share with you our awesome angle of the week and our complimentary plays as well when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need guaranteed that's my bookie.a as an apple and g as in games tell them mark lawrence sent you only the biggest only the best only at mybookie.ag sign up today and now the moment you've been waiting for from the hot south florida sun it's mark lawrence with his awesome angle of the week Hey guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week in college football this week. We call it military mission. And what we're looking to do is to play on any college football military team that's a dog when they're playing Notre Dame. And it couldn't get any simpler than that. A military team underdog against Notre Dame. We do that because these teams collectively since 1991 are 17-4 against the spread. That's an 81% winning proposition. The Irish struggle against the military teams when laying points and will take the points with Navy 
this Saturday against Notre Dame for our awesome angle play on the card this week. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what Victor's got on tap this week. And Victor, if you would, let our listeners know what your complimentary play is as well. Can do. In fact, we're going to uh, include T- uh, Tuco with our another team total play of the week. Before I get into that, I know I was ranting about college football earlier in the show, but I want to say something positive real quick about college football and maybe uh, see how we would go over in the NFL. But, you know, when I turned on that uh, Minnesota-Penn State game uh, Saturday at 12 noon and saw Minnesota wearing the shiny helmets, I absolutely loved it. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about those chromed mirror helmets that just jump out at you when you're watching the game on TV. They look so dynamite, particularly in close-ups. And many times throughout the college football season, when I'm flipping through the games and I see a game where one team's wearing a shiny helmet, I'll tweet out a shiny helmet alert saying, hey, (laughs) check this game out. These guys look fantastic. Why do I like these helmets so much? I don't know. Maybe it goes back to childhood when we're conditioned to really be infatuated by round, shiny, colorful things. Who knows? But I absolutely love these shiny chrome helmets. It's not a it's not a new thing either in college football. It debuted way back in 2012 when Oregon slash Nike unveiled their bowl game uniforms, and they had a helmet with some shiny elements to it. It started going mainstream in about 2015 with other teams occasionally adopting a shiny helmet for one game throughout the course of the season. And here we are in 2019, and now there's up to 70 teams in college football that at one point during the season will will wear a variation of this uh, shiny chrome mirrored helmet, and I absolutely love it. And I'm going to nominate to you a team that in the NFL should be the first team to adopt the chrome helmet on a permanent basis. And we got a team relocating next year, heading to the city of Glitz, Las Vegas. I'm going to nominate the (laughs) Oakland Raiders for their first chrome helmet in the NFL. Now, follow me on this. Envision the Oakland helmet in your mind. We're going to keep the uh, logo on the side. You know, you got that black shield with the Raider guy in the middle. We're going to keep that on the Raider helmet. We're also going to keep that big, bold black stripe that runs down the front of the helmet. But the portion of the helmet that's gray or silver, we're going to eliminate that and put in a shiny, silvery, mirrored chrome. That helmet would really pop. And what better city than the city of Glitz to introduce a new NFL chrome helmet? Look, it's only a matter of time before the NFL starts adopting these cool chrome helmets. And again, Mark, I nominate the Oakland Raiders to be the very first team in the NFL to do so. I love love the chrome helmets. Absolutely love them. Now, we're moving over to Tuco here. And he's hot, folks. Eight and two on the season with his team totals. This week, he's going over 25 points for the Minnesota Vikings, a hot offensive team in the Vikings as they host Denver in Week 11. We already know Minnesota is the fourth highest home team this season when it comes to scoring points, 29.7 points per game at home this year. They're laying double digits in this game. I understand that. 
NFC double-digit home faves have averaged 32.3 points per game versus AFC opponents like the Denver Broncos. Of course, Minnesota was a road dog versus Dallas last Sunday night. Came away with a big road win. A lot of handicappers were on the Vikings, yourself included. Nice win in that game. NFL favorites of six or more have averaged 32.9 points per game off a road dog win in which they scored 28 or more points. And with the Broncos hitting the road, we note that since the start of last season, AFC West Division teams, when they're hitting the road as underdogs, they have allowed 28.8 points per game on defense. We're giving Tuco the ball. He's running with it. He's saying play the Minnesota Vikings over their team total of 25 points. And one final note, Mark, college football over-under plays have been good to us this season. We're at 69%. That's still number one in the country with our over-unders. We'll have a selection of three college football over-unders this coming Saturday, available at theplaybook.com, the website. There you have it. Tuco's going over with the Vikings, 25 points. And I can't wait for Chrome Helmets to hit the NFL. Well, Victor, our producer, Jeff, just texted me a picture of a Raiders helmet, which would look just like what you're looking for. And I'm sure he's going to send it on to you as well. You like that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, sweet. Uh, but I'm with you, too. That's a big thumbs up. And I got some good friends in uh, in Las Vegas that have big ties with the Raiders. And I will certainly pass that message across to them and the owners to get that message in. Victor King goes over the total with Tuco. 25 points for the Minnesota Vikings for his complimentary play. And be sure to get down this weekend with all of King Creole's plays online at playbook.com. Before I get to my complimentary play, I want to remind our listeners once again about our friends at mybookie.ag, where you can get a sign-up bonus simply by entering the promo code playbook when you log on at mybookie.ag. It's at mybookie.ag where you bet the college football games, you win, you get paid. You bet the NFL, you win, you get paid. Remember that sign-up bonus, log on at mybookie.ag, is playbook, or give them a call toll-free. The number is 1-844-866-2387. One quick note here before we move on to my complimentary play. My once-a-month college football five-star game of the month will kick off this weekend. We're on the heels of a nice, solid-winning fan appreciation weekend last weekend. Get everything I release, college football, from Saturday through Monday, including the five-star college football game of the month. We're documented 74-33-2 in this play since 1990. It's all part of another $99 football week in the winners. Online at playbook.com or call me toll-free to take advantage now at 1-800-321-7777. And one quick note here before I get to my complimentary play. Victor was talking about how he's been enamored with those Oakland Raider helmets, and he's been with shiny things and objects maybe since he's been a kid. I think Tom Brady's enamored with shiny things and objects too, given his six Super Bowl rings that he carries around as well. So whatever you've got in with you, Victor, loving about shiny objects, so too does Tom Brady. That's pretty good company you're keeping with in that in that situation, by the way. Right. My complimentary play on the football card this week, I'm going to take the points with the wounded dog, Michigan State Spartans, when they take on Michigan in a big rivalry game on Saturday. Michigan plays with revenge from a 21-7 home loss last year. 
And by the way, Michigan State, I should say, plays with that revenge. The Spartans are 10-1 and against the spread the last 11 games in the series. They've really dominated the cash register when they've taken on Michigan in their series. Michigan comes in just 1-7 and to the spread when playing with rest. Rest turns to rust for the Michigan Wolverines. The clinching factor for me, Mark D'Antonio, under currently a lot of hot seat pressure right now, D'Antonio in his career is 33-23-2 against the spread when he has revenge. When he has revenge and he's playing off a loss, he's 14-3-1 to the spread in his career. He's in that role this Saturday. I'll take him in the double digits against Michigan for my complimentary play on the show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creel Sports, our good friend Andy Isco from the TheLogicalApproach.com in Vegas for joining us as always, and for our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is always listening from above. Until next week, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.